gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run Hey, this is Jeff Fuller of Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures TV. We have had a great run showing our love for dogs with our show, our podcast, our social media, and all that is based on Soggy Acres Retrievers. We proudly bring this podcast to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers and ask you if you are looking for training, boarding, or a yellow, black, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppies, please check out SoggyAcres.com. Remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. Hey, welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I am your hapless host, Jeff Fuller of Soggy Acres Retrievers and past and current host of Sporting Dog Adventures TV. I guess when you have nine seasons and they're on multiple platforms, the show never actually gets old. Well, at some point it will, but right now it's not. So we are still Sporting Dog Adventures TV because the show is still on multiple places. If you liked our show and you are ever interested in listening to it, or not listening to it, watching it, you can go on Carbon TV, YouTube. Uh, we've got it on Wisconsin on a number of networks. Oh my goodness, let's see. Rumble. Um, I know there's other seasons on all over the place from where people uploaded it or where we put them up and I forgot but there are a bunch of places that you can watch the program some of them will have ads added in so it makes it a little less palatable some are clean versions our YouTube channel is probably the cleanest version uh, that is uh, youtube.com slash sporting dog adventures tv so that is an easy thing to find and we will uh, have it on there for ever uh, we also have it on auto uh, popping up on our Facebook page and a few other places. So again, Sporting Dog Adventures TV, that is the reason for the podcast. Today I want to talk about the dog days of summer. I don't know about you, but this is the time of year when I look at hunting season and it can't get here fast enough. In Wisconsin, our first season is teal season, which is September 1st. And I actually took dogs in earlier this year so that I would have time to go up, do some scouting, get blinds ready, and not have to train dogs right up until the, uh, the, the end or, or right up until the point where teal season begins. So it is, uh, it's always the time of year for me that it is, uh, I get itis of everything. I get yard work itis, dog training itis, puppy itis. <laughs> I don't want to do a whole lot, and it is just the point where you just want to get to hunting season. So I'm looking at our season this year. If things hold, it's going to be such a different year from what we've had in the past. This year, we have low water when the last three years we've had incredibly high water. Does that mean that it can't rain a bunch in July and August? Absolutely not. We could get hammered with rain in July and August, and that could give us high water. But as of right now, it is looking like water will be a lot more scarce in our state. 
And that will, I think, make hunting easier for us. We have had high water. We've had a lot of sheet water and farm fields. The birds have had just tons and tons of options. Obviously, in our properties and where I hunt, there will be less options. But everything that I hunt is water. So if there's less of it, that should, in theory, concentrate the birds. So it's it's going to be a different year than any that I have hunted. It is going to be to the point where I am going to have to do a lot of extra scouting, but the scouting won't be hard because if there's less water, there'll be less less areas to scout. I've got Tank, who is drinking in the background there, playing with his squeaky toy, trying to make background noise and really get me off message, but it's not going to happen. Tank, hey, Tank, just give him a knock it off. He'll come over. Now he's going to sit and stare at me while I do the podcast, but that's fine. That's fine. It's okay. Tank is in the middle of test season. We ran the Spring Grand. Uh, We went out, I believe, in the third series. We are running our first uh, Grand, uh, or our first Hunter Retriever Champion uh, test here, upcoming HRC test. And that will be, I think, in two weeks. We've got another one right after that. And then he's going to run some AKC Master tests. So Tank is up and ready to go. Uh, Ace is going to run a couple of tests this summer. Should make it more fun uh, to to actually get to go to a few of these tests, I'm hoping, in theory. I always say I'm going to go to tests, and then when we have litter go homes, that pretty much eats all of my weekends. But hopefully we're going to go to some tests, watch the dogs run. All of our dogs that we have in now for training are young dogs, and the fact that they haven't had training before, so young in, I guess, training age. They're all uh, young, and I think they're all around the same age. It's funny, you get in certain litters where people will hit the timing right, and they'll get their deposits in. So we currently have two litters that are predominantly where all the dogs are from. They're all the same color. They all look the same. So it's, it's, it's such that when dogs come in, I actually write down the sex of the dog, color of the dog, and the color of their collar. Because if they didn't have collars on, you would ultimately look at them and go, I don't know which dog is which. But I digress. Back to the dog days of summer. Looking toward our hunting season, it really makes you appreciate hunting. It makes you look at it and gives you so much anticipation. I think that's why so many of us, if we have things that happen like COVID last year where people couldn't go because their kids were home and they burned all their vacation uh, sitting with their kids, or you have high water and you hunt water so the birds aren't there you have low water in your hunting fields that normally have maybe some sheet water in them or the last few years did so that you had phenomenal hunting and now you're looking at it going my gosh what are we going to do this year but when you have it at this time of year we always look at it and think wow i'm so excited i know i've talked to guys that i hunt with and told them that we need to go up we're going to go up and work on getting blinds done during july end of June and early August so that we don't have to have this big mad dash and mad rush right before. We're going to be very careful about how we approach the blinds because with the water being down, there will be a lot more vegetation growing up around the blinds. In past years with the high water, when we did knock the vegetation down or work in front of the blinds, it actually killed a lot of the vegetation. Wetlands are they're very finicky. If you are out there working on an area or driving a a Argo through an area, if you go through too many times, you'll actually kill vegetation. We went back, even though the, the, uh, the, the water system is very down, 
in our areas. We went back on by one of my deer spots and we almost got stuck in virtual mud because the vegetation was just starting to grow again and we hit it and the bog started to disintegrate. So it was it was a learning lesson where yeah, I'm excited to go back. I want to get some deer cameras up, but we got to wait for that area to dry out. It's an area that quite honestly when the river overruns, it gets back into that area and then the water doesn't drain out. So once we get to these hot days like now, we start getting to where your evaporation quotient is astronomical. You start getting where everything is going to start growing, sucking up water. So it just puts you in a position where that area should dry out quite fast. Which, again, exciting. You get too excited. You want to go back. You want to scout. You want to look at things. You want to get ready for the season. But at this point, about all I'm going to do is work on our blinds. I've got a couple of other areas that I'm going to put blinds in. Um, I think we're going to talk about blinds in our hunting section. And in our training section, I want to talk about dogs and hot days so that we can talk about what is safe to work with a dog. I've got Tank spazzing out here. I'm sure you can hear him. He is uh, trying to wrestle with me. He likes to nibble on your fingers, and then the minute you start petting, he wants to roll on his back and kick up in the air. He's kind of a goofy dog. So I'm going to take my hand away so that he stops because he's he's making so much noise and he's actually making me laugh. But uh, it is it is that time of year where... We're working on dogs. We're going to get our dogs ready. And also, my dreaming of hunting really starts to kick in now. Once we get to August 1st, it's at a fever pitch where I got to drag myself out to train dogs. I got to drag myself out to do my stuff. We won't tell my wife, but I probably do very little yard work during that time of year because all I am doing is worried about getting ready for hunting. So, with that, we are going to go on to our next section, which is our, our training slash tip section. We're going to talk about dogs and hot weather, and that, that would be weather where it's over 80 degrees, and just give you some ideas, tips, and some facts that you should know when you're working with your dog during the dog days of summer. So we'll get back in a little bit right after this. Jeff Fuller, again from Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. When you look at hunting, you need to have yourself prepared. Our good friends at Mac Outdoors have reloading supplies as well as great clay target machines to get you prepared so you have more success in the field. Don't get that dirty look from your dog. Check out Mac Outdoors. Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures and Soggy Acres Retrievers. In our house, my wife hates having the plastic kennels and wire crates. We need them for the dogs because we have times when they need to be put somewhere. But she cannot stand the look. So we talked to DCT Kennels and we now have a new partnership with them for a product that is a crate but also a piece of furniture. If you want something that is practical as well as great looking, check out DCT Kennels. Hey, welcome back to the show. So, staying with the dog days of summer as the theme for this podcast, I wanted to talk about the danger of working with dogs in extreme heat. And guys down south will probably laugh because I call extreme heat anything over 80 degrees for a dog when you're doing training. When you talk to guys down south, they work with dogs, but the dogs are more acclimated to, to it, but they work with dogs in warmer temperatures. You're 
trainers down south always come up north because of our more temperate climate and then trainers up north a lot of them will go south because we obviously have cold weather and the weather's not as bad down there trainers do get it it is something that we all have to watch and we have to be concerned of but when you think of warm weather you will have people that will have dogs that have heat stroke when they're working water what you have to keep in mind is on a day like today it's still june it's still early but your surface water, when you have 90 to 100 degree weather, will be close to what that temperature is. The water doesn't turn over. Unless you have a great aeration system, your water's not going to turn over where the cold water from the bottom is going to churn up to the top and it's going to create a, a cycle. So what happens is you have your top 24 inches of water at a very high level. So if the water temp is up around... 75 to 85 degrees the dogs aren't getting any cooling factor dogs do not perspire except for a little bit through their paws they lose their heat through panting so it is very dangerous for them to train when you have high temperatures and warm water so it's just something to keep in mind when you're taking them out i still think of a story back to uh, my dog pappy i had my son who he was all excited. How can I help with the dog? He said, you know what? Take Pappy. I'll get him some exercise. Just let him run around. He came back in and he's like, Dad, you know what? I gave him so much exercise. He, he got so tired he fell over. Well, the reason he fell over wasn't from exhaustion. It was heat exhaustion. I had told him not to run him per se. Just let him run around. And outside it was 95 degrees with high humidity. So the heat index was well over 100 Pappy's body temperature was up around 107, which is incredibly dangerous. Now, it's not as dangerous as what people think. 108 is like stroke for a dog, but 107 is extremely high. You have to get him cooled off. Ultimately, he was fine, but a dog's normal temperature is around 101.5, so it's a little higher than people. But again, 107, extremely high. We had to put cold packs on him. We actually got a bunch of frozen items from the freezer and put him on put them on his his legs and around his neck and just packed him in and then soaked him down with water crazy thing when you have a dog that overheats you then have to watch them so that they don't have their temperature crash down into the mid 90s so that uh, they will they will have other health issues so when they do overheat you got to cool them off but then you got to monitor them to make sure that they don't crash and lose too much heat and have issues on the other side Luckily, Pappy himself at that time, I think, was four years old. He wasn't an old dog. He was young. He was in his prime. It didn't end up having any effect on him. But you have to be careful when you're working with dogs, hunting dogs as well. When you're upland hunting dogs especially, they are down on the cover. There's no breeze. There's so much more humidity from the plants. There was a day, uh, gosh, probably 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, in South Dakota where they are, their opening of... Uh, pheasant season was 70 degrees or more and they ended up having something like 50 to 100 dogs die in the state because people were out hunting them and didn't take this into effect and they would have their dogs where they would overheat and then they couldn't get them anywhere to get water on them to cool them off because they were so far from the truck so again be smart work with them in short duration when we get hot temperatures like it is now I actually work with the dogs before even feeding them right away in the morning so that I'm working with them when the temps are down in that 70 degree range. And then if I'm working with them at all in the afternoons, it is completely on water, very short duration. And usually what I will do is there's not as much stress 
on my afternoon training session so that the dogs aren't under as much duress. You can keep the training more light, keep it more positive influence, keep it more fun so that you can keep it short. You're not going to run into any issues that you got to work with in training <coughs> as much and worry about their health. Have them in an area where it is cool or at least there's moving air where there's fans. Uh, it's very important for us with our dogs to have quality facilities that are heated and air conditioned. So what I do is I put our kennels at 72 degrees for air conditioning. And then when I heat them, I put them at 65 degrees. But it's nice because when you keep them at 72, it keeps our concrete cool, keeps the humidity out of there. I'll leave the dogs out for longer periods of times during uh, mornings and, and later in the afternoons. But it's funny because when you bring them back in, it is so comfortable in those kennels, they all just sleep. They just crash. And it, it, it's something where you know you got the right temperature when you can go in and hear a pin drop in the kennel. Again, make sure you are always watching them. If you get a dog that does overheat, <clears throat> another good trick to have them where they can cool off is on their bare skin, put rubbing alcohol. <coughs> rubbing alcohol will actually evaporate and that takes some of the heat away. Uh, you should hydrate the dogs, but don't give them too much. I had a dog once when we were out upland hunting uh, back before we had the TV show. Her name was Lily and she got overheated. I let her into a stock tank, which in South Dakota, that is basically a pond that they put in for their stock. She drank so much water that she vomited and then she drank a bunch of water again. My first dog, I didn't realize I should have tried to keep her so that she wasn't drinking that much water. And I think ultimately she ended up getting a parasite from it because then for the rest of the trip, she had a lot of gastric issues, albeit they went away on their own. So it could have just been from being overheated and taking in too much water. But that was something that I did that was dangerous learning experience. But that's what we try to help you here with during the podcast is having you learn together with us so that we can make your experience of having dogs out in the field that much more fun. So that covers this topic. Next, we are going to talk about the dog days of summer and an idea that I have that I'm going to do at a couple of my blinds. So we'll talk about that more coming up after this. Our great fans of the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, we are growing at an astronomical rate and I want to thank you all. I do ask one thing from you. Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Please give us a thumbs up, follow us, subscribe to us on whatever other platforms you're on. And the most important thing I can ask, share our podcast with your friends so that we can grow our love for the dogs and dogs in the field and make it so that people are more involved in our sport. Again, thank you so much for being listeners. Take care. Hey, this is Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. I want you to know that we buy all of our trucks at Boucher Automotive. We go to Janesville. They've got a great selection, great staff. If you're looking for a new truck or car, check out our friends at Boucher Automotive in Janesville. Hey, welcome back to the show. So I know in the past I've talked about what we're going to do with our blinds. I've talked about using some horse fences. I actually tried selling a couple of our aluminum 10-foot gates. Actually, I think they're 8-foot gates. I'd have to measure them. But uh, I was met with people wanting to give me 30 cents on the dollar for them. There's nothing wrong with them. They actually still have paint on them. They're not damaged at all. So I'm going to use them for 
a couple of our blinds where we have platform blinds out on our marsh on the new property we had bought last year. And these platform blinds, the only way to explain it is basically that it's like a pier out on the marsh where this pier is there. It's built, it doesn't touch ground, but it's put out there like a pier out the middle of the marsh so you can put something on it for uh, cover. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take these uh, take these gates and we're gonna put the gates up and then just have it so that we can drape cover over them when we get there so that you're basically concealed. Last year we didn't have to. Last year they were behind a bunch of cattails. It's crazy when you hunt in a cattail area, these cattail marshes. We had high water in the mats that were in front that were basically the cover for our blinds moved down river. So we don't have any cover in front of them. I'm going to use these horse gates, put them out there, figure out a way to attach them so that they, they, they obviously don't fall off and can't get away. And then from there, we will just figure out a cover plan to put cover down in front of them. Probably hunt with the dog in a dog blind next to the, uh, next to the platforms. And it should really work out well. So that is what we're going to do to repurpose some stuff that we have around here, but also make it simpler so that we have good cover, but we have something out there permanently that will work on those blinds pretty much uh, for the entire time we own this property. So I hope that helps you with some ideas for your hunting. Again, the dog days of summer are here. Look forward to hunting. It's the time that we all work toward. I cannot wait to get there. First, we got to get our dogs ready. I hope you guys very much enjoyed this show. Thank you so much. For everybody that reached out about uh, our loss of Rommel and Pickett in the past year, it's been a rough couple of months. We've lost basically our two stars from our, our TV show and two of the dogs that really helped me get started. Thank you so much for your heartfelt concern and uh, all the memories everyone shared about watching them on the shows. Have a great summer. Get out there, work with your dogs, get them ready. Thank you again for listening to the show and God bless. Sporting dog adventures, run boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun. Everything you need is here.